All right, so we're going to talk about, um, I guess, you, like your history with massage and just generally, like, I guess that part of your life and what you've learned from it. So it's about uh, 4.30, so we've probably got another hour and a half, two hours of driving to go. Okay. And yeah, we've just been talking about, yeah, your history with massage and all the rest of it. So do you want to talk us through right from the start, for people who don't know anything about you, I guess when you started massage, what, like what this type of massage is about, yeah. you know, where it all started for you, and we just spent 20 or 30 minutes or so just giving people an idea of this part of your life, this part of your background. Okay. Um, I was a beekeeper and I got divorced, um, so I thought, what's the use of me running all over the countryside? First of all, I'll explain about beekeeping. Most of it you do, you, you drive a truck at night. So you load your bees on the truck and then you drive all night. And you get to wherever you're going and then you on, off, offload them. So you spend an awful lot of time on the road um, and missing out on sleep and things like that. So once I was divorced, I thought, what's the use of this? I'm, I'm sick of it. Um, I, there's no sense in working myself into the ground like this. So I gave it away and I knew I had to do something. So. It was sort of fortuitous. I met a fella. Um, I was fixing up my bee boxes, plugging up holes in them and things like knot holes and things like that. And he he was um, a panel beater. So I went in there to, to buy some bog from him so that I could bog up these holes, you know, like a two-pot two mix, that you, like a putty that goes hard. Um, and then he started talking to me about, he was doing a massage course with a woman over on the coast uh, at Coffs Harbour. And I... It, it interested me. I thought, all right, well, this might be a way of, you know, bringing in some money. So I went over with him, and then I finished up doing this course that lasted for a year, and um, I can't remember how much it cost then. It was probably about five grand then, which really is bugger all now compared to to massage courses. Um, so in the end, I did that, and then most of the people doing it were had jobs. And they were doing this as like a part-time thing. So I threw myself into it and I pretty much did it permanently. So like I'd be doing maybe 10 or 20 massages a week in between visits to to do the course. So if you went over one week and you did something on the arm, I'd be doing plenty of massages during the week. And so I'd, I'd, I'd be feeling confident that I was doing it properly. Um, so that when I went back on the weekend, the, the lady could check us, make sure we were doing it properly. Um, whereas if you hadn't done any massages, you'd only done one or something like that if you were working on your family, um, it would have been difficult to, to be corrected if you were doing the wrong thing. So anyway, I, I sort of threw myself into this. Um, and then after a year, we finished the diploma. And one of my troubles was because I was doing it for people for nothing, when it came time, when I was qualified and it came time to to make a living out of it, most of those people weren't prepared to pay money for what they were getting for nothing before. So I found that I had to start to move on almost to different pastures to get new customers who, who would pay. Um, so I started going to Moree in northern New South Wales and they have um, like a hot spa that comes, artesian spa that comes out of the ground. So they put down bores a long way into the ground and hot water comes up and they go into a pool and people bathe in it. So you've got a lot of, 
particularly middle Europeans who come to that those sort of bars because they're fairly common in Europe so when they've come out to Australia they'll, they'll go to those sort of bars whenever they've got anything wrong with them arthritic problems or whatever so there were lots of people there who were eager customers um, so that's I set myself up in Moree and I massaged there out of one of the motels um, for about nine years so it and it was I'd, I'd had students who come and they would they do time from one of the universities coming and they, they were doing massage and they'd just come and do time with you just to observe how you worked and all that sort of thing. And I remember them saying to me that most of the people they'd gone to were, were charging probably double what I was charging, but those people were only doing one or two massages, three massages a day, something like that, where I was working probably 14, 16 hour days, just turning them over. Um, and I think that's the difference. So if you if you're doing a lot of massaging, you get through a lot of problems, and you're seeing it on a regular basis, the same problems, and you start to work out what works and what doesn't work. I don't know whether that makes sense to you. Yeah, it does. So yeah. one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this was because you were the first person a couple of years ago now who explained to me this idea that uh, the muscles in the body, if someone has a, a complaint with their knee or with their back or what have you, what you had experience what you had found in your almost decade of massaging professionally was that there seemed to be an emotional re uh, relationship between certain physiological problems there seemed to be a relationship between certain physiological problems and certain emotional or psychological problems or even problems from people's histories yeah and I'd never really heard someone or I've never known someone personally who had this view because I don't think that is a very I don't think it's a very mainstream view, this idea that, yeah, yeah. oh, you've got a, a knee complaint, this might go back to a problem before you hurt your knee in basketball, or, yeah, or yeah. it might go back to the injury of basketball, but it's more psychological than, yeah, yeah. or what have you, this kind of thing. And yeah. as someone who has uh, struggled with tight hamstrings, and like a tight, a tight posterior chain for most of my 20s, really, yeah. um, I, I had long been looking for a, like a reason, like, you know, why... Why is it that if I try and play a season of football, I'm bound to do a hamstring at some point, you know? And so I was interested to hear yeah, what yeah. you had to say about all of this at the time. And I guess in a couple of years since then, my views on a lot of things have changed to the point where now if you say to me that you've massaged a lady and, um, and she's been in tears, not from the pain of the massage, but you believe because you're loosening up muscles that maybe first got tight during a, a bad part of her life, a few years ago, I would have said, well, that, that sounds a little bit new agey and quack. These days, I say, yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that's definitely true, but I'm not going to just reject it out of hand. If that's your experience and her experience, that there's no reason why that can't be the case. Yeah, yeah. So for me, it's it's kind of, you know, I, was, I grew up, went through school in Australia, went to university. I was taught a very materialist, physicalist explanation of the world. Now my views have... Um, I don't want to say mature, but they've changed. And so when you said that to me a couple of years ago, there's this link between the body and the mind to the point where certain muscles being tight can be a psychological um, you know, manifestation. Yeah, yeah. At the time, I was open-minded to it, but I still thought it a bit weird. Now I sit here and I'm like, that makes perfect sense. So what I'm hoping you can do is maybe explain to, you know, to the microphone, to anyone who wants to listen, more about that particular aspect of all of this. But before you do, so you were a beekeeper, and then do you know what year it was roughly when you left the beekeeping and then went into massage? Yeah, about, I, I started the massage course in 2000. 
So we're talking like the best part of 20 years ago, my yeah, friend. Yeah, yeah, it's a fair while ago, yeah. And then, so you spent a year, you got your diploma, and yeah, then you yeah. practiced for about nine years. For about nine years, and then, um, then, then I gave it away. I was still going all right, you know, it was plenty of customers or whatever. Actually, it's, it was the other way. It was more, it sounds like I'm bragging, but it's it, if you get relief to people, you actually get more customers. You don't bring them back because they, they don't have to come back, but, but they'll tell everybody they know. So you just get more and more and more, you know. That, anyway, that's how I found it. Um, yeah, but, but my, my mother finished up with pneumonia in hospital, and so I just gave it away and came up to Brisbane to look after her. Yeah. So that's that's what interrupted that. And for the benefit of especially international listeners, you were in northern New South Wales, Moree, yeah, when yeah. you were you had your own little practice. Yeah. And it was just a one-man operation. You were there yeah, by yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah. You were there for nine years. Your mother fell ill, so you moved back up to Brisbane, which is just a bit further north, yeah. which is where I met you, obviously. Yeah. And uh, and that's when you gave the massage ray. But you still had, and maybe still have, your massage table. You yeah, yeah. still have that at your place. <laughs> yeah, I've still got that. And that was just the other day when my oldest daughter was asking me, um, just in, in a place called Highfields, just near Toowoomba, um, there was a lady there who was doing long distance running or something like that and she was they must have been talking about you know what I'd done in the past and she was asking could I give her a massage because all the people that she'd had do it were too soft she wanted somebody who would go, <laughs> go <Yeah>. deep <laughs> so, and I thought oh yeah yeah I, it's very difficult um, well I find it very difficult if, if you know that you can help somebody I find it very difficult to turn them away yeah, that's why you're driving me to Winton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. <laughs> but but it, but it, it is particularly with massage. But at the same time, I don't really want to get back into it where I'm working 16 hours a day. I'm getting too old for that. Yeah, I understand. Well, so, what are you taking back to the start? So, yeah, yeah. Some people know what massage is. Most people have had a, a massage, or yeah. a medial massage, yeah. or a you know a whatever other type of massage. What do you call the other one? Just a general sort of spa massage or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Most people get the idea. But this but remedial massage you know, basically loosening muscles to try and fix an ailment. But you went to a particular kind of teacher who was yeah. teaching her own style. So why don't you tell yeah. us about that? Yeah, yeah. No, well, she'd, she'd learned it from a few other people. And then I think over the time, she's pretty intuitive sort of a woman. I think she developed her this system herself um, where what she found was instead of having to, like, I'll describe a muscle first. A muscle usually goes between two bones, not every time, but most times. So that the bicep, actually lifts your arm up in the air from the elbow yep. and it's it's a bit like a lever or a pulley or whatever so so the bicep is the muscle and it connects down on the bone in here in, in the forearm and it goes up to well there are two spots up there that's why they call the biceps up, up in the shoulder and what what she found was in instead of just working the bulk of the muscle which a lot of people do and you just bruise people they feel really sore afterwards she was going in and and doing the origin and the insertion so so where the muscles started from and where it inserted into the other bone so that it was pulling between two bones like a lever and that that's that was the i'm trying to think what the, the word for it the, the, the innovation that she came up with i mean, I mean you, you probably find that other people have come up with it probably since the time of Egypt or something you know there'd be there'd be people coming and doing this sort of thing you know all the time but but in this age and, and in this particular area she'd come up with this idea and it seemed to work and it certainly worked for me so that that was what was different about it um, 
Now, when you're going in, if you're going into fairly deep muscles in the back or whatever, you know, you, you do have to go in fairly deep at times to, to reach the, the ribs or whatever you, you know, or, or even the spine that you're working on. But um, it doesn't mean that you have to work the bulk of the muscle until it just gives up, you know, or it's bruised. So that, that's, that was the, the point I was trying to make. Now, when, you, when you, you're alluding to this, well, it was more than one woman, but um, you've got muscles that go from the, from the lower ribs down onto the pubic bone. And that's what, you know, they talk about the six pack and all that sort of stuff. Okay, so what you do is I'd be working on the muscles in those lower ribs, and then you go down and you work around the, the top of the pubic bone and even inside from at the back of the pubic bone to loosen those muscles off where they came down from the ribs. Now, quite often when you do that, it's excruciating. It's almost like a, a knife cutting you. When you and, and you don't have to, to be pushing hard on it, just even touching it. Now, quite often, these people will be really performing and screaming. You know, it's painful, it's, you know, it's whatever. And I found that as soon as they started to cry, I could just go in, they, they wouldn't feel anything at all. Right, so, so either the crying had helped release muscle, or it was emotional pain to begin with, not physical pain. Yep. I, I don't know which it was, you know, but, but whatever, it made it quite clear to me that there was more to it than just the physical pain. There, it, there was emotion involved in one way or another. And when you first told me this, at first my reaction was, well, if you're, if you're massaging them to the point of pain, that's, that, that's it, like to the point of crying. Yeah, that yeah. almost sounds like, um, you're massaging them too much or you're hurting yeah, yeah, them yeah. like they'll never come back but then you said to me actually on the contrary these people would be repeat customers yeah, yeah, in it yeah. you would find that each time you worked on these same muscles they were looser than the time before yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's true um, and and some of these people would, would actually almost not break down but but you know they, they'd start talking about what had happened to them how they'd been interfered with when they were young and things like this as well um, now you've got to be a little bit suspect that about that because you, you know you, you don't know who you're dealing with. You know, yeah. Some you know some people not not hysterical, but you know some people will make up things as they go along. But it happened too often to to to, to be just a, a made-up thing. I'm sure there is a pattern there. That's that's how I found it anyway. And um, did you discuss this with uh, the lady who taught you massage, or with the other students from her? Like, is this something you discussed with uh, other no, people? No, no. This was long long after I finished the course. That I was just I was doing this, but uh, yeah, I mean I can discuss that with her. I discuss these sort of things with her all the time if ever I go down. And, and does she agree with? Oh your... yeah, yeah, yeah. Was this something that she had spoken about during the education of, of her class in massage, or is this something that you found out for yourself and then went back to her and said, "I've noticed this. What do you know about it?" No, no. She she would have referred to these things a bit because I know at one stage she was referring to it like an onion, in that. Um, the emotion and, the, and the, the, the physical pain associated with muscles was, was almost like a spiral that you went down. And she was saying that it's a, it's a bit like an onion. You have a massage and you take one layer off. And, and as you're starting to loosen the muscles off, the emotion starts to come out. Now, some people would cry and things like that. So, and then next time they come back, you can actually get more muscle loosened because there's already been a bit of emotion come off, you know, and then that'll allow a bit more emotion to come off. So it would appear that that 
when we're talking about a spiral, it's 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 gone down over a period of time, and you're slowly bringing it back out again over a period of time. Yeah, and let me give you an example of how I think this is like almost sensible, like logical. A lot of the times, I'll find myself sitting there thinking about something, something that I'm not particularly happy about, like oh, I've got to go and do this, or I've got a deadline to go and finish this, and you know, like not stress as in uh, serious stress on your life, but just yeah, yeah. something I'm not happy about. And I'll notice that certain muscles in my body are tense that don't have to be. Yeah, they're not yeah, muscles that yeah. I need to be standing or if I'm sitting. They're just, they're, they're tense. And yeah, I, yeah. I think, this is just my opinion, I think some of those muscles are too tight in my body, which leads to tightness in other parts of my body. Yeah. Now, it's like the chicken and the egg, like how much of it is one leads to the other, vice versa. But if I just take the time to take a deep breath and relax muscles, instantly I feel better, instantly. Yep. You know, and I've, I've also read, uh, I mean, there's many people who write about this and talk about this, this idea of if you stand up straighter and you take a big deep breath, you feel better straight away. You know, it's, it's before you go yep, and give yep. a presentation or before you go and do something important, stand up straight, yep. Yep. take a deep breath, you feel more confident. Yep. You'll yep. feel better about yourself. Yep. Yep. There is definitely a connection between our minds and our mental state and our bodies. Yep. To me, that's obvious now. Yeah, yeah. And then I think, well, how often am I just sitting there and my muscles are tense and I'm tense? or I'm tense and my muscles are tense, and all I have to do is be conscious of it, and ah, I feel better. And then yeah. I think, what if I'm sitting there, and I am stressing out about something too much, and I am making my body stress, and then I go for a run, I push myself a bit too hard, twang, you yeah. know? And it's not my it's not my body's fault, it's it's too lopsided, and I've done it to myself, you see? Yeah, and, and we were talking earlier on today, when we were talking about traffic, you know, I, I was having a whinge about people not going through the lights. Oh, you yeah, should have heard Lindsay <laughs> earlier today, guys. Because he lives in Toowoomba now, or outside of Toowoomba, which is yeah. very small. You've had to come back to Brisbane to pick me up, and obviously you forgot how bad the traffic is in Brisbane. It's a shocker, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, yeah. So anyway, so Lindsay was teeing off on these people. You know those people at the, at the red light, it goes green. By the time they actually drive through, they're leaving everyone behind and we're stuck again. Yeah. Lindsay was just teeing off about it. And sure enough, it happened the next three or four lights. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and I was I was referring to coming down Ipswich Road, and when, when you come come from Moree or Toowoomba or anywhere else, you come down into Brisbane, you get on Ipswich Road, and the traffic's building up, and I used to be able to feel myself tensing up, you know, becoming either angry or just just tense in general, and I and and you wouldn't feel that when you're living in Brisbane because you must have been like that well, every time you got in the car. Whereas if you come from a, a, a distant, like a country town somewhere, suddenly you, you're not you're not stressed all the time, and suddenly you get on Ipswich Road and you realise how how quickly it sets in. And I we were just yet discussing that, and I'm I'm talking about it and saying, well, you know, it must have other ramifications. You know, what does it do to these people when they get home and they they're trying to have their meal and they're still spewing in the gut, and you know they probably don't digest their food properly. Yep. It just what else does it have? you know does it does it like you're talking about does it set in the shoulders at yeah. night or you know and then that, that resonates with me a lot because i've noticed that if, if i feel tight in those muscles i'm not sure the name of the muscles but the ones that run from i guess the side of your stomach through yeah. i guess to your pubic area yeah, I guess, yeah yeah i've noticed that sometimes they'll be really tight for i haven't maybe I haven't stretched properly enough at exercise or i have been stressing out that day on some whatever the case might be and I've noticed it by simply trying to massage them myself or just work out how tight they are. I've noticed my digestive system feels different. And I wonder if, if the muscles around the stomach are tense, or if the muscles around the gut are tense, are they squeezing space that's meant to be there for the digestive tract, or what's the connection there? Well, so, it, it, yeah, it may be, but 
but I, I suspect, like so quite often, if, if I'm working, or well, not so much now, but when I used to be working on people, you'd start letting a muscle loose somewhere, and the gut would go bluggle, 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 bluggle. Yep. And if you see um, like x-ray vision of the large intestine, quite often in people, it's not, you know, like two inch diameter or whatever, or, um, be probably bigger than that actually. I'm, 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 I'm lapsing back in inches again because yeah. <laughs> that's what I was brought up on. Um, yeah, but but you'll you'll have a look at it, and quite often it'll be going along nicely, and then it'll crimp down to nothing, and then it'll it'll open up again, and it'll crimp down to nothing. And I suspect it's a bit like iridology, or you know the, the business with the feet. You know when they they say that every part of the foot refers to a, a, an organ or sure. Sure. Yep. And it's the same with iridology. You look at the iris in the eyes, and and there's actually a map of every part of your body in. The iris and so you sit spots and tears and things like that in your iris and you know they refer to something in your body that's not right so i suspect it's the same with probably everywhere in your body is is referring to every other part but we just don't know how to read it but i suspect that that the large intestine um, crimps when it's having problems in, a, in a, one of the muscles in your body so as you loosen it off it opens up and that allows the build up behind that to, to go through to the next blockage so, so it, it could be the muscles are actually um, holding your gut in, so it's not working properly. But I, I suspect it'll be the other because I've I've had that so many times where you're working on somebody and it'll go bugger 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 bugger. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. That, that weird sound. Yeah. It's almost like yeah. it's been kickstarted or something's happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, one of the ways that I guess I do my work online is I talk about skepticism, being skeptical of things. I'm at the stage where I'm like, well, if someone tells me that this, you fix this muscle, you fix this part of your body, I don't say, oh yeah, I believe that. What I'm saying is, I'm now open-minded to that in a way that I wasn't in the past. It's not a matter of saying, well, I believe it now. It's not a saying, well, to me, that's possible. Whereas in the past, I said, nope, if that, if that were the case, science would have told me by now. If that were the case, the doctors would be doing that. Whereas now, having spent as much time as I've spent looking into the medical industry, and I don't want to go too far into that yeah, on this yeah. chat, but basically, you've got a medical industry who's uh, symbol is the caduceus and the yeah. asclepius you know snakes going up a staff <laughs> and angel wings yeah. like just just start from there and work your way forward well, I, I kind of got to that at the end you know what I mean like, I looked at the studies first and then found that but what I'm trying to suggest is maybe medicine isn't necessarily fixing everything that we think it's fixing maybe there are other methods that are worth considering I just wouldn't have been there a couple of years ago. So when I say skepticism, I'm not saying reject everything. I'm saying actually first be able to entertain ideas and then think about your own experiences. If there is objective or empirical data, consider that. But you know, skepticism for me is not reject everything. It's actually kind of be open-minded to things you've been open-minded to before. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, some, somebody, I can't, I can't remember, it was a long time ago, but they just said suspend disbelief. Right, so you're not believing it, you're not yeah. disbelieving it, you just suspend your disbelief just, just f to allow whoever else to, to say what they've got to say, and yep. yeah, yeah, that's how I am. And and when you're talking about skeptical, I I used to be very, very skeptical about this whole new age, all the stuff that went with it. You know, the rainbows, and you know, you know what I'm talking about. This, and but when it, when I actually started doing the massage myself, I couldn't not see what I was seeing. Yep. You just saw patterns all the time, you know. So that's, I'm, I'm not suggesting, it It mightn't be what I think it is, but there's certainly something happening. Yep, yep. Yeah. And, and this is what we call, like, so people talk about, well, what's, what's empirical science, right? Well, empirical, if you trace the etymology of the word empirical, 
it goes to a Greek word that means using your senses, basically. I think it might be empirikos, and that means the use of the senses. Something like this, right? So empirical yep. is about using your own senses to come to inferences about your reality. So if you're working with people for four, five, six, seven, nine years, and you're noticing a correlation between the tenseness of muscles and emotional states and vice versa, that's your senses telling you that there's something going on. Yeah, something going on. And then from there you start trying to hypothesize or what, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and I'm sure in your practice you, you might have, maybe someone comes in with a problem that you've seen before, yeah. I'm gonna go straight to what I think might be, you know, and, and so you're gonna build up a, a knowledge base. And when you use that knowledge base that you've built up to say, well, this is what I think is going on, that is being empirical. You've actually worked on the bodies to come up with something. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean necessarily that your overall perspective is 100% true, and you're not saying that it is, but you've yeah. used your empirical senses, whereas someone like me, I've never worked on the muscles of someone to try and fix them emotionally. And I've never worked on someone's emotions to try and fix their body. All I have done is my own body. And my own body tells me, yeah, there's yeah. a definite link between my emotional state and the tenseness of muscles. Yeah. And so when I met you, well, I met you two and a half years ago, but when you started explaining this massage thing to me, it, it made me reconsider things I hadn't reconsidered. And now, to me, it just seems so logical. Yeah. Well, one of the other things that, that this lady did teach us and that I find is... Um, is that a cop car? Yeah, I was just, for those who are wondering why Lucy oh, went out, silent. Yeah, he's out, he's outside the police station, we'll, we'll allow him to do that. That's a tiny little police station, isn't it? Yeah. We're just driving through, I missed the name of the town. Dulaka. Dulaka. Du, D-U, Dulaka. Dulaka. Yeah, we're not far out of Roma now. And um, yeah, tiny little police station, tiny yeah. little primary school. <laughs> Sorry, I'll interrupt her then. No, yeah, as yeah. soon as you went silent, I was like, why is he silent? Oh yeah, cheeky little police car. Yeah, yeah. anyway, no, one of the things that, that she she straight away put us onto was the the acupuncture meridians and and I'm you know used to be a little bit skeptical about acupuncture as well um, well I probably still am to some degree but there are certain muscles if you get a chart on acupuncture meridians certain muscles associated with certain meridians and so consequently you might be working on a shoulder that just won't let go just won't you know so then you go down and you work in on some of the muscles in behind that knee on that same side and then you come back and work on the muscle in the shoulder and it'll let go then because you've worked on the two muscles that are on the uh, whichever whichever I can't remember exactly which one it was now but whichever acupuncture meridian that was and and it's not just those two muscles I mean each each meridian has got the muscles associated with it so um, one of the ones was the you know in over the um, the, the kidneys, if you found that, that that area was tight and then you went up to the rhomboids between your shoulder blades um, quite often and then you turn over and the pecs, the pec, pec muscles in the front were also, so those three were all working together on, on from one, one of the acupuncture meridians. So it's, it's, it's a little bit of all of these things, you know, you had to sort of be taking into account when you're working on people. And the same with the back and front. With, We've discussed this before. Quite often, people have got a, a sore lower back or something like that. You know where the where the sacrum is. And what I usually find is that as soon as I see that, I know that there's something going on in the front. You know the ones we're talking about inside yep. the hips, and um, and you got this, you got one that it's almost like it, it looks like an exhaust manifold coming off the spine, off of, off each individual um, part of the spine, and going down and joining on the tops of the legs. Now. If they're tight, that will also affect what's going on in the back. So 
and, and I've, I know one, one particular instance where we're working on a thumb on the right hand and it doesn't matter what I did, I couldn't get it to let go. And then we went over and worked on the left arm, came back and the right one just let go. And when you say let go, you mean muscles that are very tense? Yeah, muscles that are very sudden... tense, and then you go back, they, they hurt like mad when you're trying to work on them, you don't want, and in the insertion points. Yeah. And you go back afterwards and you do exactly what you just did done before, and before when it was lifting them, and they were whinging and carrying on, oh, and now they'll say, no, I can't feel anything now. It just goes away like that. And that, and, and I, I suspect that, that that pain actually comes because those muscles are tight and they're pulling between those two insertion points. So when you put pressure on the insertion point, it's almost like you're like it's trying to stretch a guitar string or something like that, you know? So, and so once that muscle's loose, it's not gonna be pulling on that part. You know? One of the analogies that you made to me, where you were explaining all this to me at first was, uh, you know, it's like a, a metal pole with two wires connected to it. Yeah. You might notice that one wire is too tight. It might not be that that wire is the problem. It might be there's a the other wire on the other side. Yeah. And so instead of working on what you think is the problem, maybe you need to work a step back behind that, and that'll fix it. Yeah. And I, I think this is a more main like this, I don't think this is a particularly controversial view in massage, but it's I don't think it's something that's very well known by the people either. This idea of oh, if you've got tight hamstrings, your hamstrings might not be the issue. Uh, that they might be the symptom of the problem. The problem might be that you've got tight adductors or whatever. So for me personally, like over the last, I don't know, six or 12 months now, I spend a lot more time just stretching, doing stretches that you would think of for the groins or whatever, than for the, in fact, I barely stretch the hamstrings, but I have yep. noticed an improvement by stretching other parts of the body, you know? Yep. And yep. If, if I could go back, uh, oftentimes I think about what would I do if I could go back 10 years and speak to myself? What would I, what would I say to him? I think one of the things I'd say to him is, mate, forget all this hamstring stretching you're doing. That's obviously not fixing anything. Uh, look into yoga. Find a few yoga poses that you like or that you find uh, enjoyable and do them. Just keep doing them. Do, do more of them. The body seems to love it. And I'm not one of those people who pushes yoga or pushes Eastern philosophy or any stuff like that. I don't know enough about it to push it. But from the little amount that I know and have done with certain yoga poses, and they're not exclusive to yoga, many different you know, ideas about health adopt the same thing. They do have a benefit and your body yeah. does get looser. Yeah. I know yeah. it for a yeah. fact. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I remember one one fellow, and I don't know what nationality he was. He was somewhere like Southern Europe. Um, it could have been from the Balkans, or it could have been from you know, Greece or Italy or somewhere. I, I just can't remember now. It was a long time ago. Um, and he got on the table and he told me what was wrong, and, and and I started working on the backs of his heels to try and loosen up the calves. You know, the, and he, having a real eye winch to me, no, the problem's up here, you know. And then as I worked up the leg and I got up behind the back of the knee, it started pulling him in the shoulder. So he could feel, suddenly he could feel what the connection between the two. And he didn't he didn't say anything after that. He just, he got, he got the message. No, he oh, said that you were the guru. Yeah, well, whatever, whatever. But, but no, no, it was interesting though, to see, you know, because he just shut up like that, you know. Prior to that, he was, you know, oh, buddy, you're wasting your time and, you know, all this sort of stuff. But it's true, it's, you know yourself, it's just exactly what we're talking about. It's not just back and front, it's top and bottom as well. I know when I did, I did some sacral, cranial sacral stuff we were talking about, you know, moving the plates in the skull and that sort of thing. And if you're doing some work up in the base of the skull or whatever, it can have an effect on the, on the bottom of the spine in the sacral and vice versa. 
you know, so all these things are all interconnected. So it can be top and bottom, back to front. You know, it's just it's they're all connected in, in, in ways. And sometimes you you put your arm out and you might grab hold of something with your fingers, and you'll feel it right back here in the shoulder blade. So you, you it's it's transferring around the elbow, and then around the shoulder, and it's gone back into the back of the shoulder blade. Then it'll be pulling on that back yeah. in there. And uh, I know there are people who try and people who accept this uh, these links between different parts of the body, and they try and come up with uh, like a physical explanation for it. Is it is it because certain nerves touch each other in certain parts of the spine, or is it because uh, you know certain muscles when they're firing they naturally encourage other muscles to fire? Or you know what is the uh, physiological sort of mechanism behind all? And I'm sure if it was studied properly, people could start to come up with. Um, like an evidence-based explanation for it. Maybe some people have, but they're just, they're obscure. Yeah, people yeah. don't cite their studies. It's not well um, advertised to the populace. Really, the masses today, the populace today, they're told, if you've got a problem, here's a pill, you know? And like, what gets me is so many people are on so many pills today. You know, I know people who are in their 50s and 60s, they think it's totally normal to be on five different types of medication. Yeah, like, yeah. To, to them, that's just, well, this is what happens, you know? Is it going to fix me? It's like, so you understand that what you swallow and goes into your stomach can have an effect on your body. Well, you swallow a lot more food than you do pills, <laughs> right? Yeah. And yet, you know, most people, not all people, but most people still, they just eat processed food like it's totally normal and they'll have takeout like it's totally normal and they'll drink sugary drinks like it's totally normal. And you think, if we live in a world, and I can't judge any, anyone because up until a couple of years ago, my diet, looking back, was atrocious. And it's, it's still not perfect now, but I look at how far it's come. And I think, if we live in a world where so many people have so many problems, and they're told, well, your solution's a, a pill, right? We're already living in a crazy world. I used to believe crazy things, crazy solutions. Now I think you have to be open-minded to other explanations. And you were talking before about entertaining ideas or suspending disbelief. If it's Newton, if it's Aristotle, people try and quote someone as saying, um, you know, the mark of an educated mind is the ability to entertain an idea without accepting it. I'm not really sure if Newton or Aristotle actually did say anything like that. Or, you know, <laughs> yeah. Putting aside who said it, yeah, yeah. I think there's something to this. It's like yeah. being able to consider an idea, not instantly accept it, not instantly reject it. Yeah. Consider it, go back through your own memory bank, see if you've got any of your own experiences that can inform you about this. Be willing to go and look at other people's experiences, the academic literature, if you've got the time, whatever. Look at different perspectives and then ask yourself what makes the most sense. And for me, it makes perfect sense that in your nine years doing massage, you were helping people not just with their body, but with their mind. Even if that wasn't what you got into it for yeah, yeah. to begin with. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I think you're right. Um, and it used to concern me a little bit because I used to feel like it was a, a bit of an onerous responsibility. I know that sounds silly, but, it, but it, that's how I used to feel about it. Um, but you just, you've just got to do what you can do. And, and the, earlier on, I was saying before that I used to feel bad too about turning people away because I used to find that most of them that came to you knew what they wanted. You know, they, they didn't just come willy-nilly. They knew what they wanted and they made quite clear. So, you, yeah, it's, it's... I don't know how to describe it to you. You've, you've got to do what you, you can for them. Um, but at the same time, don't get too carried away with yourself because there's so much more that you don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> Does that make sense? Well, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to upload this um, 
I might upload it tonight. I want to give, because a lot of people have come to my channel post-ARP, so they just won't be familiar with you. Okay. They won't know much about you. So to give them a better idea of who I'm making this trip to Winton with, I think so long as the internet works yeah, where we're going, I'll upload this as an MP3. Maybe in the first few days, only a couple dozen people listen to it, but once it's on the internet, it's there forever. Yeah, what yeah. you might find is that in a year or two, you're getting emails from all over the world saying, I want to come to Brisbane. Oh, I want yeah. to see if uh, yeah. Lindsay the Silver Fox can fix up this problem. No yeah. one else can. Yeah, no, it's a worry to me. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, and, and well, it, I, like, I still send people down to, to the lady that taught me. Um, but she's getting on too. You know, there's only so much time that she can do. So you've got to sort of rely on the people that she's taught. And anyway, I don't think any of us are as intuitive as what she is. Do you, do you think, like, so she taught a lot of people, you're one of them. Yeah. Do you think her her method, her, uh, I guess, because she had more of a philosophy towards it as well, didn't she? Do you think her general method and philosophy of massage will live on, uh, you know, through the generations, or do you think it is actually starting to die out? I, I don't know. Um, I'm just looking at myself. <clears throat> I was one of the people that did go on with it and worked at it full time for nine years. Not all of the, the students did that. Quite a lot of them dropped out or did it part time. <clears throat> That's not saying they're not as good as me or whatever, but but they just didn't do it. So I would think I'm getting at that point where um, I really don't want to get back onto working 14, 16 hour days. But you know, if I did two or three massages a week, I'd be quite happy with that. But I don't know whether it's possible to do that. Because it, because like we're just saying, if you start to um, make an improvement with somebody, they tell somebody else. And before you know where you are, you've got you know, other people coming to you. So it's, it's very difficult to have that fine line. See, what most people do, Lindsay, is just up their price to an equilibrium area. Yeah, yeah. But knowing you as well as I know you, you just couldn't do it, could you? No, no, you can't do that sort of thing. Well, I don't, you know. I'm, maybe I'm undercutting other people because I'm not having to make a living out of it anymore. See, so you're even starting to rationalise this. Oh, I can't, I can't charge too little because that'll cost other people. I yeah. can't charge too much. I just can't do it either way. I can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, so no, I'm glad, no, glad I've not... had this chat because one yeah. of the things I want to do on this trip is not just talk about the dinosaurs. That's really my thing. But um, document uh, your experiences in particular. Yeah. You know, I, I might talk a little bit about about mine. But really, I've known you for a couple of years. I think this would be a great way to to put on record some of the stories that I know from you. Yeah, like we, yeah, yeah. I spent a couple of months staying at your place last year, right? Yeah. And then we obviously had to move a lot of your stuff uh, down to Toowoomba, so we're in the truck. Plenty of time to chat. Yeah. So yeah. there's lots of your life that I know that I find fascinating. Maybe some other people will as well. And taking some time to record it and document okay. it. Yeah. Firstly, the people who are interested in the Winton trip get to know more about the, the other dino skeptic. Yeah, honorary dino skeptic. <laughs> the, like the skeptic of the dino skeptic. The dino skeptic skeptic. I'll get to know more about you. Yeah. But then also we get to document it for posterity. For yeah, years yeah. and years to the future. This is uh, Lindsay the Silver Fox and what he's learned yeah, in his, yeah, uh, yeah. his time on Earth so far. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's sort of the first question that comes in my head is that who would want to know that anyway? But yeah, well, that's, <laughs> that's the <laughs> One of the things I've learned is that you never know what people are yeah, interested yeah. in and, and what yeah. they can take from this. And I'm sure yeah. if, if I put this online and it gets, say, 200 people listen to it you know, over the next 12 months, I'm sure out of the 200, there'll be several people, maybe a couple dozen, who they resonate with it. They say, yes, yeah, yeah. I had a similar experience. Or they say, I've heard that theory before. I never looked into it. I'm going to go and spend more time looking into this or, or whatever. People take, I, I think from any 
any yeah. kind of creative content or content production, you release it to the world and then the world does with it what the world what wants what to do. do. Yeah. And and the way I see it is, I mean, I'm only, I'm only 29 years old. I don't really have much life experience to share with people. But uh, you're into your 60s. You do have experiences from life to share. Yeah. And uh, hopefully we can do more of this as the trip goes on, my friend. Okay. Documenting well, the experiences of Lindsay. And <laughs> once it's out there, the world can decide whether they want it or not. Oh, yeah. We might find in 12 months' time, five people have listened. And there's four <laughs> negative comments. <laughs> We, 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 might, we might find this one goes viral and 10,000 people listen to it yeah. and you're getting emails from all over the world. Yeah. You never know. Yeah, yeah. What's your email address for people who are interested? We'll, we'll give them your email address. <laughs> I, get, I get 70 a day now from oh, all, really? all these people trying to sell me something. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, that's I'm, right. I'm sure they'll, they'll, they can find it. Trace it through your website if they want to. What I'm, what I'm going to do is I'll give them my email address. I'm johnthebond123 at gmail.com and people can contact me that yeah, way. Yeah. And I'll also set up an email. Uh, I'll call it lindsay at silverfoxnews.com. Yeah, yeah, I okay. might even set that one up tonight. Okay. And uh, if people want to get in touch and ask you questions or just know more about you, that's the way to do it. So for me, it's johnthebond123 at gmail.com. And for Lindsay, it'll be lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, uh, at silverfoxnews.com. Yep. Get in touch with him, and uh, who knows, man? Maybe a hundred people listen, maybe two thousand. Who knows? We've documented it now, and uh, yeah, yeah. now it's up to the world. Yeah. So on the twentieth of April, twenty seventeen, not far from Rome now, uh, as we finish leg one of a three-leg journey into the heart of Queensland. Yes. We'll wrap it up here. Any final thoughts for the chat about uh, your experiences with massage? No, not, not that I can think of. I'd one thing just entered my mind, I'm looking over at your face and the sun was on it and it just shows how low in the sky the sun's getting. Oh, so, yeah. so the day is getting on, isn't the it? The day is getting on and Lindsay's concerned that uh, once the sun goes down, the kangaroos will come out because in Australia that's what happens. The kangaroos, mate, they're crazy. You, <laughs> they'll be on the side of the road and you'll yeah. think, well, he can hear me coming. Yeah. He'll jump the other way. No. Now, oftentimes, <laughs> just they'll run. just jump, jump right in front and you really can't, unless you've got a bull bar on the car, you really can't afford to drive that night, so um, I, mean, I think we'll get to Roma in time, just yeah, quietly. Yeah, I think yeah. we'll do it. So we're yeah. up it up there, 20th of April, 2017, chat with we'll call this, um, we'll call this chat, just yeah. casual chat number one, yep. and uh, until next time, you guys take care of yourselves.